0: Hi, everyone. and Welcome to Expect a Miracle with Richard Roberts, a weekly podcast with outstanding guests from all over America and around the world. And today, my very special guest, Pastor Jay Eberly, the pastor of Spirit of Faith Family Church in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. God bless you, Pastor Jay. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast.
1: It's an honor and a joy. Greetings to you from me, my wife at Debbie, and send our greetings to you and Lindsay. It's a great honor to be on your broadcast. Are you having summer up there yet in Iowa? <laughs> it has just started. We have leaves on the trees.
0: <laughs> well, I was with Pastor Jay a couple of months ago, and we had a tremendous, tremendous time. Lots of miracles. Uh, the flow of the Holy Spirit was very powerful. And Pastor Jay, I wanted you to come on and tell a little bit of your story. And I know... Uh, that you started early on in ministry. I know that you were uh, a student at Rama Bible Training Center, and you were part of the staff uh, in healing school. Share a little bit about the story about uh, how
1: you got started in ministry and also how you met your dear wife, Debbie. Well, it all started back whenever I was a child. Of course, God called me as a child. I had a dream God called me to the ministry, and I got away from God, wasn't really interested. But then in uh, high school, in my sophomore year, there was a revival went through. Now, mind you, this was a Christian high school. Sure, um, had many denominations. Kids from, you know, you name the denomination, they were there. But it was mostly Mennonite. I grew up in a Mennonite home, and so this revival came through the high school. And by the time my class graduated, about I don't I think it was about a third of the high school class or more was filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in the Holy Ghost. And so, you know, and interestingly enough, it all came out of a Uh, some girls in my class went to a Charles and Francis Hunter meeting. (laughs) I owe a great debt to them. I've never met them. I had a chance to one time and actually didn't know I had a chance and planning on being in the same place.
0: Not long ago, I had their daughter, Joan, uh, as a guest on one of these podcasts and she is following on in that ministry in a great way. Someday, someday you'll have to meet Joan.
1: Yeah. So we had a revival and the, the outpouring of the spirit. I had a friend called, I told him my testimony one time all about how it happened, and he said, you need to write a book, and this should be the title, Bonnets and Tongues, because, you know, the Mennonites wear those bonnets, and these Mennonite girls, filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking with other tongues, and so, really, that turned my life around. I got back on track. As soon as I got filled with the Spirit, uh, the call came immediately came back, Mm -hmm. and uh, God called me to go to Ramo Ramo Bible Training Center, so we went there in 1985, and uh, after we graduated, just you know, ask the Lord, what do you want us to do? And he said, stay right here, get involved. So we got involved in the healing school there, changed our lives. We, we began to, you know, just serve, just do whatever was you know, available for us to do. And then they began to ask us to fill in at times. And we began to teach more and more and learn so much. Saw so many miracles, so many healings. I mean, just uh, powerful things. I mean, hearts being replaced. I'm, I'm thinking of lungs healed of cancer. Uh, just some, some amazing, powerful testimonies. And that anointing came into our lives, and we've carried that anointing ever since. We've seen uh, people get new hearts. We've seen, I've seen, uh, by the grace of God, two people raised from the dead, and just wonderful, wonderful testimonies. He's the same Jesus today, Brother Richard. You preach this all the time. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, did you, did you
0: actually uh, head out on your own, go out on your own as an evangelist, or did you go right into pastoring?
1: No, we, uh, from Rama, from the time we were there in healing school, began to get invitations to travel. We traveled all over the United States for, oh, how long was it? I think maybe six years or more, full-time, just traveling into the churches um, and and, and all over the United States. I had many invitations to go overseas, and every time I'd go, or every time I would plan to go, the Lord would say, it's not time yet. Mm -hmm. So, we never went overseas at that time. I Actually, I was joking with somebody one time. I said, I think I'm going to go and not tell the Lord. And then when I get back, I'll tell him (laughs) because I wanted to go. (laughs) But anyway, but the time has come more now. We've actually started a church in Nigeria, Africa. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know you've been to Africa many times, and we're starting more. We'll be starting one in in other, uh, really, we'll be starting one in Mexico soon, other places, even here in the United States. God's been putting it on our heart to raise up some more churches. So, well now,
0: were, were you originally from the Cedar Rapids area? Is that how you landed in Cedar Rapids or, or how did that happen?
1: Yeah, no, we, we, I had never been to Iowa. It's a funny story. I had been here preaching one time uh, and it was the winter time and I drove past, uh, well, I, I kind of was preaching kind of close to here we're in Cedar Rapids and I drove from the hotel Monday morning after the meetings back to the airport. And there was snow everywhere, and I said out loud in the car, "This is a godforsaken place," <laughs> <laughs> and God called me to come here. <laughs> but anyway, no, we never had, uh, you know, been here other than traveling to preach and minister. And uh, but uh, no, I grew up in Pennsylvania, and so. But God called me here because there was a friend of mine past- started this church, and uh, he said, I, "God's called me to start another church and move on to some other things." Would you be interested in taking it? And the Lord had already been dealing with us about pastoring, so we well, moved here and started pastoring in two thousand two.
0: It's a beautiful, beautiful area of the country. When I was there a few months ago, they were getting the ground prepared uh, for the planting. Of course, that's the corn capital, I guess, of America. That whole part of of Iowa, uh, there's just there's just their cornfields everywhere. And of course, you're you're only a few miles away from the Amana colonies, which date back into the 1860s. We actually went down there and ate. In that restaurant, which I think was founded, I think it was founded in 1860. And that is such a beautiful, beautiful area of this country.
1: It's a beautiful part of the country. God's moving up here. Uh, he told me to raise up some uh, a church here and uh, to create a base for what he wanted us to do. So we've been doing that. The base is strong. You've been here. Miss Lindsay's been here, which is so blessed. You know, I was thinking about you being here and our connection, how God brought us together through Pastor Nancy, my pastor. Uh, Pastor Nancy Dufresne. And, um, you know, I thought, you know, this is one of the, this relationship is one of those exceedingly abundantly above all I could ask or think, you know, relationships. And I'm just so honored that you would come, you and Miss Lindsay would come and uh, so into our church. And And we've seen many miracles when you've been here, many people received from the Lord. And uh, we're going to do it some more.
0: Well, uh, the last time I was there, I, I told uh, Lindsay when I came back home, if you can't preach at Spirit of Faith Family Church there in in uh, in Cedar Rapids, you just don't have any anointing at all, because there is a powerful move of God there. What would you say to to a young man or a young woman who has come out of maybe say a Bible school, or they've graduated from a university, and they're they're looking around? They know they have a call of God in their lives to to pastor. What would you say to them? How would you advise them to start?
1: I would say first of all, brother Richard. It's really important that you maintain a divine connection with where God's connected you. One of the things I, I, you know, in our getting to know each other, and one of the things I've noticed about you is the honor you have for your spiritual father. Well, he's your natural father, but, you know, he was a spiritual father to you. And you have honored that and, and uh, allowed that voice in your life to guide your, your present life, your, your ministry. And, you know, you're your own person, your own anointing, your own call, and so forth. But yet, the, uh, the, the marks that your father, Oral Roberts, made on your life, you have let that be a landmark, so to speak, and uh, you've let that guide you. And that's, that's one thing my wife and I talk about concerning you and Miss Lindsay so much that we so appreciate and are so thankful for. And I would say if somebody's starting out in the ministry, they need some, they need some uh, you know, a voice into their life, someone to speak uh, wisdom, someone that can help them uh, navigate the, the call, the anointing. You know, there's, there's unique anointings, yes, but there's principles that help us in the Word of God that are general for all of us that can help us navigate different aspects of the anointing and yield more fully to it and so forth. And I, I would say, you know, as far as young ministers, that's hugely important. I know in our lives, we can look back and attribute, my wife and I, to many, many of the things that we're walking in today, we can attribute it to a divine connection and if I could say it this way, also our honor for that divine connection and letting that voice speak into our life.
0: Well, and you—you you had Brother Hagen speaking into your life for so many of those years as well. Of course, as you're very correct in saying this, uh, my my dad, Oral Roberts, was my natural father, but also my spiritual mentor. And when he went home to be with the Lord, I felt like even though I was in my 60s, I needed a, another spiritual mentor. So. I called on a man who had been in ministry for more than 50 years, who's now in his 80s today, and asked him if he would become a spiritual father to me, because I think every minister needs to have a covering. Just as, as you you said, Pastor Nancy Dufresne is your pastor. Well, Pastor Pastor Ron Halverson in California is my pastor, and he speaks into my life, and I share with him the visions that God has given me, and it helps me to stay on the straight and narrow. And I think, Jay, that's very important.
1: I think so. It's, it's uh, you know, uh, I think it's Proverbs 22, 28. It says, don't remove the old landmarks where, which your fathers have set. Uh, because to me, you know, you can apply that to the truths we're talking about, about spiritual fathers. And, you know, we're not ta- saying anybody takes the place of our Father God. We, we just talk about people that God uses to speak into our life. But those voices, uh, they mark us. And they, you know, the, the, the context of that verse there in, uh, you know, Proverbs, remove not the old landmarks. The context of that is, you know, in the old days, they didn't have surveying equipment from the satellites. They would mark their farm that a father would pass on to his son. Where, you know, okay, this from, from this point here down to that ditch, you know, or, this, or that over rock. To that, <laughs> yeah, over to that rock and where that big tree is. That's the, the territory that you're inheriting. Well, our spiritual fathers, those that have gone before us, the generation that has gone before us, they have marked. Uh, they have uh, tilled some territory and gained some ground and, and, and uh, uh, farmed it, proved it out and proved that it's, it's fertile soil and that it is uh, something that uh, is in the word of God for us and that that, that land area should be uh, passed on to the next generation. You know, Paul said to Timothy, the things you've heard of me commit to faithful men. You know, th- things should be passing from generation to generation. Uh, things that our fathers have put into our lives, the spiritual truths the the standards of excellence, the standards of you know commitment, the standards of you know take for example discipline in in a prayer life and so forth those things are to mark our lives and to really orient our progress because the things of God are progressing we're not trying to just you know hold hold on to the past and talk about the good old days but but we are supposed to uh, let those things that are that the former generation has spoken into our lives. Let them help guide us. We move forward, yes, but we never move off the foundation that that we have been given.
0: Several years ago, I came uh, to your church for the first time for a three- or four-day meeting, and I met the man who is now pastoring your church in It's Abuja, isn't it? In uh, in in Nigeria, Abuja, of course, is the capital, and I've. I've been in Abuja some years ago. In fact, I preached in the, the church of then-President Obasanjo while I was there. And I met him, and, and we shared some, some things that I knew about Abuja. And, of course, I love Nigeria, and I've been there many, many times, as you said. Let's just say, for example, that I am a young minister. I've been pastoring now for a number of years, and I feel a call of God in my life to establish a church in another nation. How do I go about it? And by asking that, how did you go about establishing something in another nation?
1: Well, uh, first of all, you have to be called. You have to know God told, told you to do it. I would say, especially overseas, you better know, <laughs> you know, because, uh, you know, it, there, there's going to come things are going to be thrown at it, you know, just just the flesh and, and the devil, of course. But uh, and so you have to be able to go back and say, no, God spoke to us about doing this. I like that verse in uh, Luke where it talks about Jesus said, let us go over to the other side and they launched forth. They didn't just launch forth. They, they, they got a word from God and they acted on that word. So first of all, that has to be there. And, uh, second of all, I believe it's like we're talking about you. It'd be good to have somebody speak into your life and, and keep building your faith because you're over there on the front lines. You're, you know, getting shot at, you're getting, you know, you might be tilling ground that's never been tilled before, so to speak spiritually. And, uh, you need to be fed. You need to be constantly built up and let somebody speak into your life. And, um, you know, just uh, it's going to take some uh, some faith and patience, you know, perseverance, not quitting, uh, letting letting the spirit of God, uh, you know, go back over and over again to what God said for you to do and uh, just persevere and not not give up. Our, our spiritual son there in Nigeria, he's uh, been there for three years and uh, because of things beyond his control, for example, he's been in, I think this is the third building he's been in. And, uh, you know, the overseas, it's a little different. You don't always have the contract assigned, and that'll be good for whenever they say it'll be good for. So he's, he's uh, persevering, and he's doing well, but uh, it just takes commitment.
0: Yes, dealing with overseas nations, it's a different thing, isn't it? <laughs> a
1: different thing. <laughs>
0: you, you have to be called, and you have to be committed. Now, in order, in order to do that, though, you have to have a strong base. And you have a strong base there. You have a strong ministry. What do you think are some of the keys, some of the secrets to, to uh, the Spirit of Faith Family Church there in Cedar Rabbits? What, what are the keys and the basics that are holding you together there so you can launch out?
1: I would say there's the move of the Spirit, and we have the move of the Spirit, and we contend for the move of the Spirit. We yield to the Spirit. You've been here. You, you know the liberty we have in the Spirit. But all that without a good foundation of the Word of God, uh, just teaching the people how to live free and victorious in their own lives. You know, you're not going to have a stable church if you've got a congregation full of people who, whose lives are not grounded and stable and, and fixed on God's word themselves, whose minds are not renewed with the word and, and don't know how to fight the good fight of faith, you know, uh, and resist the devil and don't know how to, to uh, do these, you know, basic Bible uh, spiritual disciplines that enables us to walk in victory. Don't know how to put on the armor of God. And so we take, I would say, part of the uh, whatever success anyone could see in us, uh, in our church, it's, it's based on a mixture uh, of uh, the Word and the Spirit. We have solid foundational teachings. That's one of the giftings God's given me. And so we, we, we lay line upon line. And then as the Spirit moves in line with the Word, we move with Him and, and, uh, and enjoy those things as well. But that's one of the keys, I think, to the success.
0: Yeah. Anytime anyone has a ministry, they're going to be opposed in some way, in some form or fashion. How have you handled opposition when it has come against you over these years?
1: Having done all to stand, stand. (laughs) (laughs) Don't quit. Amen. I remember a military leader one time talking to another, uh, just a a story I heard, another military leader. He said, uh, you know, you might have more troops than me, but mine will stay in the field longer than anyone else's, Uh Uh, you know. So it just takes commitment. You just got to outlast the devil. He's, pers- he's, he's persistent, but we got to be more persistent and not, not give in. He's, uh, he's defeated already, but we have to walk in that victory yes. and not let him knock us out.
0: Now, I know you mentioned Pastor Nancy Dufresne as a good friend of ours, as well as, as your spiritual mentor and pastor, as you said. Are there others that, that you have allowed over the years to speak into your life that have been a blessing to you?
1: Yes, there are. Uh, uh, before Pastor, uh, actually, Dr. Dufresne, Pastor Nancy's husband, her, who now husband. went to heaven. Yes. Yes. He was, He was when we, uh, when Dr. Hagen, Brother Hagen went to heaven, I asked the Lord, you know, like you said about, Lord, my father went to heaven. Who do I follow? Who do I let speak into my life? I asked the Lord the same question. I said, I, you know, I still consider myself in a learning, taking in phase. I want to, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm starting to impart to other ministers now, but that's just the beginning of that. And. And so I consider myself the need still be, to be nourished. So I said, Lord, who do I, who do I hook up with? And he connected me with Dr. Dufresne. It was, if I told you the story, it's just supernatural. Yes. And so he became uh, a, a spiritual father into my life. And then he said something about his wife's ministry. And I said, well, let's have her come next time. And then she came and the Lord said, she's your pastor. Yes. And, uh, and so we've connected, we've, we've made that connection. We've let her know that's, you know, that's the role that we receive her in our life. And, you know, let her speak into our life. Of course, Dr. Frayne went on to heaven, um, but uh, Pastor Nancy is still our pastor, and we uh, let her speak into our life. And uh, there are others, you know, that, you know, they don't have the same kind of voice, but yet they still have uh, a lot of wisdom, a lot of experience, uh, things that they can impart into our lives. I don't think any minister should be an island to themselves. You know, uh, we talk to our congregations about their need for having a home church and so forth. Well, ministers need somebody to speak into their life.
0: You know, uh, Pastor Jay, everybody makes mistakes. I make them, you make them, we all make mistakes, but we don't get up in the morning and say, hot dog Jesus, I'm going to make a mistake today. You know, that's, not how, that's not how it works. How have you dealt with uh, your own shortcomings? How have you dealt with mistakes? How have you gotten back up when you fell down? How have you handled things like that in your life and how are you handling it today? Uh,
1: uh, it takes.
0: (laughs) I know I'm putting you on the spot here.
1: Yeah, this is. These are good. These these are good things to ask. Uh, There's several things again I could say. I would say one of the big things. I I I tend to be pretty hard on myself. I guess. I think we all are. I think we all are hard. We're we're our most severe critic. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And uh, so I have to give myself some slack. You know, just not not be so hard on myself and learn to just you know ask the lord to forgive me of course if i if i do something uh, that you know is against his will and so forth but um then i got to forgive myself yes because i'm worth nothing uh to god if i'm all beat up with condemnation i say sometimes you know uh you know we hit ourselves over the head for mistakes we make and oftentimes that gives the devil an opportunity to come by and say hey that hammer's not big enough here take this one you know and 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 he'll he'll jump on that, and it's an open door to the enemy to uh, not forgive yourself.
0: I understand what you're saying. I'm 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 my most severe critic. I do not enjoy watching myself on television. I do not enjoy watching myself if I'm singing or if I'm uh, if I'm on Facebook or if I'm doing a, a a YouTube post or if I'm doing a podcast because I I I tend to find things uh, that I say that I wish I'd said differently. I I find things that I wished I had done differently, and I think I'm my worst critic. And so uh, I let others speak into my lives to help me because I I think I'm too severe. And I I sometimes have a difficulty in forgiving myself. Well, if you can forgive others, surely, Pastor Jay, you can also forgive yourself.
1: Yes. And if God can forgive us, we can forgive ourselves. (laughs) I mean, you know, who else, (laughs) who's higher than him? If he says, hey, you're worthy of forgiveness and, and, and can receive that, then, mm-hmm. you know, we're worthy. I, I, th- I think of a story a Dr. Dufresne told. Uh, he said he had just started in ministry. He Actually, he had started in ministry taking Brother Copeland's audios. You know, back there, it was the old reel-to-reel. He'd take them, and he'd play it them because he said, I'm not a speaker. You know, I, I'd let Brother Copeland preach. So he'd take the reel-to-reel to the church and let Brother Copeland preach, and then brother, uh, uh, Dr. Dufresne, would lay hands on the sick. And one day the Lord spoke to him and said, hey, leave that reel to reel at home. You preach today. And he's like, uh, I'm not a speaker. So he, <laughs> he got up and stumbled and stuttered and, you know, worked his way through it and felt terrible. He thought he was making so many mistakes. And then he laid hands on the sick. And real quick, he ran to the back room because he didn't want to talk to anybody. He thought he did a terrible job. He's back there saying, Lord, I'm going to quit. I'll never I'll never preach again. You know, I'm such a terrible speaker and so forth. And there was a knock on the door. And, uh, and it, he didn't want to open it, but they kept knocking. And finally, he opened it, and there was a lady standing there with tears streaming down her face. She said, I was healed of a terminal condition, and I just want to thank you for obeying God. And then he started repenting. You know, He said, Lord, I, forgive me. You know, I'll do what you called me to do.
0: Well, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. We're human beings, and we are subject to shortcomings and faults, and, and we make mistakes. But the good thing is we can get back up, and we can start fresh every time.
1: His what mercies is, are new every morning. That's right.
0: What is in the future for Pastor Jay and Debbie Eberly?
1: There's three things God has spoken to us. We're working, we're preparing for all these things right now. Um, Planning more churches is one of them. We have some other things. We have uh, in our hearts some other nations, and then also here in the United States, some cities that are got God's talking to us about um, more social media. God's God's given us a ministry, and this has been here been in our lives from from the beginning a ministry of healing to the sick and a ministry beyond just a local church. Um, the local churches, God has always talked to us about this local church being the base to springboard, you know, other things and future ministry. So the base is real strong and we're getting ready to start traveling more. In fact, we just, just started doing more of that. And uh, so uh, social media and then more traveling. Those are three things, starting churches, social media and traveling that we're, we're gearing up for. We're, we're getting ready to start our own social media broadcast.
0: Pastor Jay, if there's, if there's anything good that, that has come out of this pandemic we're in, and I don't know that I can think of anything that's good about the coronavirus, but, but if there is one thing that's good, it has, it has forced us in ministry to understand the value of reaching people for Christ through social media. There yes. are areas of social media that we were not ever involved in until the pandemic came. And you know, we Christians have had a tendency to set aside technical things as they come. You know, we, in the early days, the Christians, well, they, 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 they pan television. Well, we don't, we don't want to, we don't want a TV in our home. You know, no, no, Instead of embracing it and saying, let's use it for the gospel. And we're not going to go to movies. You no, know, instead of embracing it and saying, we want to produce movies for, for Christians. And, and I remember when the internet came out, oh, this is the World Wide web. We, we can't touch, instead of saying, let's use this for the gospel. Well, if there's anything good that has come out of the pandemic, it has forced us, especially when churches were literally shut down, in order to, in order to get our message out and, and to be live each Sunday and, and Wednesday night or, or wherever the midweek is, uh, to 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 get involved in social media. I think it's critical that we, we
1: take the technology of today and we use it for the glory of God. Amen. And you have been an example of that. I see you uh, on social media constantly. It has inspired me. God spoke to me before. You know, we're not just trying to imitate anyone else, but because God spoke to us about it. But I, I, li- I like to watch others and see how they, you know, you've been a pioneer in media, even in television. Your father, I mean, pioneered way back there in the uh, healing revival, uh, being on television. And I guess he I, you know a lot of criticism or <laughs> whatever. But see, he reached more people uh, because he was obedient to God. And I thank God for, you know, actually the body of Christ that Pastor David and I see you this way and uh, the, the, the Roberts family this way. We owe you as the body of Christ a great debt of, of, of faithfulness to God, being obedient, pioneering uh, things in, uh, you know, the healing ministry, of course, and then, you know, social media now and television back then and so forth. It's your, the supply uh, of the body of Christ has been greatly blessed by the supply the Roberts family has sown. So on behalf of my wife and I, thank you and Lindsay and all the Roberts family for well. that.
0: Thank you very much, and thank you for being a guest on my podcast today. Pastor Jay, there are people that are watching right now, as well as listening, uh, that uh, need prayer, and I want to pray, but I'd first like to ask you if you would pray over people who are watching and or listening today.
1: Amen. Well, I want to say this to those, that, before I pray, those that are young ministers out there, it seems like this has been on my heart, uh, that you just, you're, you're sort of out there, and you're like a lone ranger. Maybe you have... You know just very little contact with others in the body of Christ I want to encourage you to find a place find seasoned ministers or that God speaks to your heart about pray and ask him and say Lord where is that divine connection I want to pray with you about that father in the name of Jesus I lift up those ministers that that are sort of out there on their own right now Lord show them that the supply that of the spirit you said in your word every joint in the body of Christ has a supply We all have a need for some other member of the body. We can't say to one member, I don't have need of you, Father. We know that in the name of Jesus, there's somebody who can speak into our life. Lord, open the eyes of each minister that's watching and show them where the divine connection is and where that voice is in their life in the name of Jesus. And Father, any person out there right now under the sound of our voice that's the sick in their body, afflicted in their mind, I come against that in the name and authority of Jesus Christ. Be healed now in the name of Jesus. And Father, just as you gave me, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, I'll say that. Uh, A number of years ago, the Lord gave me an anointing to minister healing to those who have uh, autoimmune issues and autoimmune diseases. And we've seen many people healed. And even some of the things that are happening now are autoimmune. I curse autoimmune disease. I curse it at the root. I curse the core and the source of it. Lord, any chemical exposure that, that created it, any, anything that got into their body that causes their body not to function right and their immune system not to function, I curse it at the root right now at the, in the authority of Jesus' name. And I command that disease to come out of their body. In Jesus' name, amen. If that's you, just give him praise right where you are.
0: Amen. And I set my faith in an agreement with Pastor Jay's prayer. And I remind you of 3 John 2, which says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. That means that God wants you to be well in every area of your life. And in the authority of Jesus' name, just as Pastor Jay prayed, I set my faith with you. And I come against every sickness, every disease, every fear, every doubt. I come against anything that has tried to attack you or to separate you from God or your calling. I bind that in the name of Jesus. And I pray for you to be healed. And I send the word to you according to Psalm 107, verse 20, which says he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. I send that word to you today. I believe God and I expect a miracle. And believe me, friend, something good is going to happen to you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Amen. Pastor Jay, thank you so much for being a guest on this podcast. Join me next week for another outstanding guest on Expect a Miracle with Richard Roberts. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Expect a Miracle with Richard Roberts. Please share with your friends on social media and help spread the healing, saving good news of Jesus with others. And if you need prayer, go to oralroberts.com slash prayer or call the prayer group at 918-495-7777. We believe God wants you healed and whole in all areas of your life.